الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us all the opportunity to meet again and to gather so that we may reflect on his book and reflect on the sunnah of his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the title of this weekend or of today's conference and workshop that it is the correct manner of making dua and that which aids in its being answered there are a number of ways in which we can come at this topic bi'nillahi ta'ala we want to look at the significance of supplication and give some advice as relates to it bi'nillahi ta'ala Allah jalla wa ala he says in his noble book wala dhikrullahi akbar and the remembrance of Allah it is greater the remembrance of Allah it is greater wa qala Allah jalla wa ala كتابه الكريم and Allah جل وعلا he says inside of his noble book فذكروني أذكركم and remember me and thus remember me and I will remember you وقال تعالى and Allah تعالى he says inside of his noble book وذكر ربك في نفسك تضرع وَخِيفَةً وَدُونَ الْجَهْرِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ بِالْغُدُوِّ وَالْأَصَالِ Allah Azza wa Jal, He says inside of His noble book what means, And remember your Lord within yourselves. Remember your Lord within yourselves. تَدَرُّعَ meaning sirran mudhhiran lil khudu' wal this means remember allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within yourselves in a manner that clearly expresses and shows humility and it shows that an individual he knows that he is impoverished and that he is in vital need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
and out of fear a khawfan and this is referring to Allah Ta'ala's statement wa and out of fear a khawfan min iqabihi meaning out of fear of his punishment fear of the punishment from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala wa and without being out loud meaning and this is very important to understand what it means but it means not out loud or audibly a it means that only you hear it when it means that only you can hear it it doesn't mean that you say it to yourself right without audibly saying it but it means that you say it in an audible voice that only you can hear you say it in an audible voice that only you can hear this is what is meant by that نعم بالغدو والأصال in the beginning of the day and at the end of the day أوائل النهار وأواخره in the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. A, what do we understand from this and what does it take away from this is A, fi kulli waqt. It means at all times. This is, what you, this is what is understood from that, at all times. And then Allah Azza wa Jal, He ends this ayah by saying, وَلَا تَكُنْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ And do not be from those who are unmindful. Do not be from those who are unmindful. This is a tremendous reminder, Ya Ibad. Bidnilahi Ta'ala, we will come to reflect some more about this particular ayah and that which is contained therein shortly. Bidnilahi Ta'ala. Waqala Ta'ala, and Allah Ta'ala, He says, Wadhkurullaha kathira la'allakum tuflihun. And remember Allah abundantly. So that perhaps you will attain success or remember Allah abundantly in order to attain success. Now, there's not a single individual except that he or she wants to be successful. From the ways of being successful is to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in abundance. So dua and its significance in the life of the Muslim, then this is something that is tremendous and it is something that is a vital aspect of our success. Now, it is something that it is a vital aspect of our success. And it is something that unfortunately there are many people who they don't give it its due measure. They don't look at it properly. They don't understand that it is from the greatest tools. It is from the greatest weapons at our disposal for our success. But like any other tool or any other weapon, if you do not utilize it, if you don't use it, then you will not be able to benefit from whatever, from whatever benefits that it contains therein. So in order to benefit from it, then we have to use it. We have to implement it. We have to apply it. And what we're talking about now is what? Is remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if we want to be successful, then we have to remember Allah jalla wa'ala abundantly. We have to remember Allah jalla wa'ala much if it is in fact that we are looking for success and to be successful. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inside of his noble book he mentions muslimina wal muslimat this ayat that many of us we know about this ayah that verily the Muslim men and the Muslim women Naam. and then Allah ta'ala he says uh, at the end of this ayah وَالذَّاكِنِينَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا وَالذَّاكِرَاتِ And those who remember Allah much, those men who remember Allah abundantly, and those women who remember Allah abundantly. Naam, those men and women who remember Allah abundantly. What did Allah Ta'ala says is waiting for the likes of these individuals, those who are adorned with this characteristics and the aforementioned characteristics inside of this ayah. Allah Ta'ala, he says, That Allah has prepared for them. Allah has prepared for them forgiveness. And He has prepared for them a great and outstanding reward. That they will have forgiveness and they will have a tremendous reward. Now, these are those who are adorned with the characteristics that come in this ayah. And this ayah can be found in Surah Al-Ahzab in its verse 35. Allah Azza He has promised for those who are adorned with the characteristics that are inside of this ayah. That He has prepared for them forgiveness and a tremendous reward. This is an ayah bithnilahi ta'ala that I encourage everyone to go back and to read and to reflect and to contemplate over this ayah. This ayah is tremendous. Bila shak wa bila rayb. Naam. Wa qala ta'ala and Allah ta'ala he says, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu dhkurullaha dhikran kathira. Allah ta'ala he says, O you who believe, remember Allah with much Remembrance. Remember Allah in a, in an in a abundant manner. Remember Allah a lot. Remember Allah much. Allah Taala is talking to who in this ayah? He's talking to those who believe. To those who believe. So the characteristics, or from the characteristics of the believers, is that they are those who they remember Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. They remember Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And the likes of these ayat, then there are many. The likes of these ayat, there are many inside of Allah Ta'ala's book. But let us reflect on this concept of remembering Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Let us reflect on the adhkar, on the supplications. Naam. And let us remember that the supplications, when we supplicate, then this is to remember Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. To remember Allah and to be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To remind ourselves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are many ways in which this could be done. So it is the coming and we need to understand the nature of what we're talking about is that it is not that which is restricted to this and not to that. Although when we hear about the likes of this topic, often what is meant are the supplications that one will utter with their tongue. But as an added benefit, it is incumbent that we know that an individual, he can also remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by way of his heart. He can also remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by way of his limbs. So dhikr is not just restricted to that which comes upon the tongue, although this is the predominant meaning when you hear the word dhikr, but also what enters into it is remembering Allah by way of the heart. The great alama, 
Uthaymin he mentions and as far as the heart meaning as far as what is meant to remember Allah by the heart then this means to reflect to think to contemplate about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to remember and remembrance of Allah by an individual he does so inside of his heart he remembers Allah inside of his heart meaning within himself now and when you look at this definition then you will see that it coincides with the aforementioned ayah. Allah Ta'ala, He says, And remember your Lord, inside of yourself, out of showing humility unto Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And out of fear, without it being loudly articulated. Naam. And without loudly articulating yourself. Because we remember we mentioned that what is meant by this is that you say it in a voice that only you can hear. Now, that makes sense. That you say it in a voice that is only audible to you. But nevertheless, you still say it. It still moves upon your tongue. But to reflect and to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within yourselves. This is something, ya ibad, that unfortunately... Many of us, we don't do, and we're not efficient at doing it because we're not equipped. We don't have what is necessary in order to do it. Because the Shaykh, he goes on and he mentions, he says, أَن يَتَفَكَّرَ الْإِنسَانِ فِي أَسْمَاءِ اللَّهِ Is that an individual, he reflects, he reflects about Allah's names, and he reflects about Allah's characteristics, about His attributes, and he reflects, about Allah's rules and regulations, and he reflects over Allah's actions and yani, uh, what Allah does, and he reflects over the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he ponders over the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of this enters into remembering Allah by way of what? By way of, 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 of your heart within yourself. Now, now, an individual who he or she is not well versed on the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how could they remember Allah in this manner? If they're not equipped, if they're not well versed in the names of Allah and the meanings of those names, then how would they be able to remember Allah in this manner? They will not be able to. Now, and this is what I meant by Unfortunately, many of us, we are not well equipped to remember Allah in this manner because when it comes to His names, we are not able to mention but a handful. Of all of the things that are important to us and that we place as priorities inside of our lives, where is this? Where is the priority of learning about the names and attributes of your Lord? Where is the priority of learning about the names of your Lord and what they mean? Where is this in our priorities? How come this is not bigger upon our list? Or how come this is not higher upon our list? It is incumbent that we concern ourselves with those things that truly benefit us. Because when we review those things that we may be very well grounded in, now. And we review those things that can fly off of our tongues with ease. Unfortunately, you will find that what 
often is the case is that these are things that do not necessarily benefit us, but actually may be detrimental unto us. Ma'am? Sometimes at best case scenario, these are things that neither harm us nor benefit us. Ma'am? They don't harm us, they don't benefit us. But those things that truly benefit us, when we reflect on how well versed we are with relates to those things, sometimes we come up short, we come up wanting. An individual can name off the names of so many of the human beings, so many of the created uh, creatures. They can tell you the name of this one, and of that one, and of this one, and of that one, of Sheikh so-and-so, and Sheikh such-and-such, and so on and so forth. And we don't want anyone to understand that we are belittling or putting down knowing and being well-grounded and familiar with the ulama of Ahlul Sunnah. No way, we're not saying that. It's very important to be well-grounded with the ulama of Ahlul Sunnah because it's very important that you know who to take from. You know who to benefit from. You know whose lessons to, to listen to. You know whose books to read, so on and so forth. This is very important because ilm is deen. So you have to look very closely to the one who you're taking your religion from. So I don't want anyone to think that we are belittling or putting that down as if it has no significance. No, it has great significance. But no doubt, undoubtedly, I don't think there's anyone on the face of the earth that will argue with me that knowing about Allah is more important. Knowing the names of Allah is more important. Knowing the names of Allah Azza wa Jal is more important. Naam? My point is, is that where is our efforts and where is our energy and enthusiasm to learn about the names of our Lord, to learn about the names and the attributes of our Lord? SubhanAllah, I want you to reflect over yourself. How, how horrible is it that an individual will go through a day and he will put the names of many people on his tongue? But if he will go back and to enumerate within that day, how many times did he put the names of his Lord upon his tongue? Subhanallah. This is just to reflect on. Because when we look at the source of our problems and the source of our calamities, we will find that often it's the case that it is us. It is us. As they say, we are at times our worst enemy. We work against ourselves and fall victim to the plots of the shaitan. I want this bitnilahi ta'ala to be a reminder to myself first and foremost and to be a reminder to those who my voice may fall upon their ears. But in particular to the youth and to those individuals who are struggling. Right? Because we're all struggling with something. But I want this to be a reminder to them to focus in on those things that benefit you. Focus in on those things which bring to you as an individual benefit. If you're struggling with certain vices, if you're struggling fighting with the dunya, one foot in the dunya, yeah, as they say, and so on and so forth, then from the greatest means and way in which will get you out of that situation is by reflecting, supplicating, pondering, contemplating, making vicar of your Lord. This is from the greatest things that will help you and aid you and assist you. This is from the greatest tools that you have inside of your arsenal to help aid and assist you in getting over your hurdles and past your problems.
But when it's done properly, when it's done correctly, when it's done upon the way of the sunnah, then you will find that good benefit will come from it. Naam? Ana kulli hal. Remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within ourselves, this is something that is tremendous. Allah ta'ala commands us to do it in this ayah. Now I ask you to ask yourself and to be honest with yourself. In this past week, how many times have you done this? Also, what enters into it is remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bil-lisan. It's to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with one's tongue. Naam. And that which will enter into this, this includes and incorporates kullu qawl yuqarribu ilallah azza wa jal. This is every statement that will draw you near unto Allah Azza wa Jal will enter into making dhikr with your tongue. Every statement that will draw you near unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it enters into this. وَمِنْ التَّهْلِيلِ وَالتَّسْبِيحِ وَالتَّكْبِيرِ From saying, La ilaha illallah, from saying, Subhanallah, from saying Allahu Akbar, Naam, wa qiraat Quran, and from reciting the Quran, wal amr bil ma'roof, wa nahi al munkar, and commanding with good and forbidding of evil, wa qiraat al sunnah, Naam, and from reading the sunnah, reading the sunnah of Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, reading the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this also enters into it. Naam. Wa qira'at al-ilm. And from reading about knowledge, reading about the deen, about knowledge, all of this enters into remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by way of one's tongue. Wa kullu qawl yuqarribu Allah fa huwa dhikru lillah. So every statement that would draw an individual near unto Allah, then this is from remembrance of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then this is from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa amma al-af'al. And as far as the as far as the uh, the actions, naam. For dhikr Allah bil jawarih. That an individual he could remember Allah by way of his limbs. Wa huwa kullul fi'l yuqarribu Allah. It is every action that would draw an individual near unto Allah. Like standing in the salah, bowing in the salah, prostrating in the salah, and sitting inside of salah, and other than that, from the actions. And other than that, from the actions. For Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala, He says, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu thkurullaha kathira. Oh, you who believe, remember Allah with much remembrance. And glorify Him in the morning and in the, in, the, in the beginning of the day and in the end of the day. Glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Istemiru, contemplate. Because this ayah, Allah Ta'ala, He is addressing the believers. And He is commanding them to remember Him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, in great abundance. Fi kulli waqt, all of the time. Wa fi kulli hal, and in every situation. Wa fi kulli makan, and in all places. Udhkurullaha dhikran kathira. Remember Allah abundantly. وَسَبِّحُوهُ بُكْرَةً وَأَصِيلًا And say subhanallah, glorify Allah. Say subhanallah inside of the first part of the day and at the end of the day. In the morning and in the evening, in the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. In the beginning of the day and end of the day. وَيَحْتَمِلْ أَنْ يُرَادُ بِالنَّهَارِ كُلَّا and it could be understood by what is by what is intended by the day. It means all of it, all of the day. Well, filay kull and all night as well, all of the time. This could be understood from the construction of the ayah that it means what you understand from it all the time. Remember Allah abundantly all the time. Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, "Wadkurullah kathiran la'allakum tuflihun." Remember Allah abundantly so that you can be successful. Who doesn't want to be successful? Right? We all want to be successful. The way to be successful is by what? Or from the means of being successful is what? Is remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala much, abundantly. To remember Allah a lot. Naam? Wahada dhakrahu Allah azza wa jal. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentioned this in Siyam, Liqala Adu. He mentioned this in the context in which He mentioned this was when the when you meet the enemy. That when you meet the enemy. Naam. And this is why from the, what's understood from the ayah is to remember Allah all the time. No matter the situation, remember Allah. No matter the place, remember Allah. All of that is taken from this. Because Allah Ta'ala, He tells the believers to do this when they what? When they meet the enemy. Naam, Allah Ta'ala, He says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, idha laqaytum fi'ata. O you who believe, if you meet an opposing force, fathbutu, be firm. Stand your ground, be firm. And then Allah Ta'ala, He says, وَذْكُرُ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ And remember Allah in great abundance so that you can be successful. This was when what? When you meet the enemy on the battlefield, in the time of war. This is a time that is serious, a time that is filled with stress, a time that is filled with all types of, yani, what goes in to meeting the enemy and, uh, and so on and so forth. Things that an individual may think maybe will preoccupy them and keep them busy away from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even in this state, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He commands the believers to remember Him in great abundance if they want to be successful. So we understand from this that what? That in hard times, remember Allah Azza wa Jal. When it's stressful, remember Allah Azza wa Jal. When it's good times, remember Allah Azza wa Jal. When it's ease and laid back, remember Allah Azza wa Jal. Remember Allah abundantly all the time. No matter the situation, no matter where you at, no matter what's going on, 
no matter your stress level, no matter your level of comfort, remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't allow things to distract you from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because this is the job of who? Shaytan. To distract you from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But I want you to reflect now. Because we go through things what we go through inside of our day-to-day -day life. Naam. We go through our ups, we go through our downs. We go through our times where we feel strong. We go through times when we feel weak. We go through times when we're healthy, other times we are sick, so on and so forth. If we want to be successful, then from the means of being successful is to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not which is going to, as they say, pull yourself up by your bootstrap. Huh? Well, understand you can't. You can't do it. You need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. So for those who are struggling with whatever it is that they're struggling with, take it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was a brother, I won't mention him, so I don't want to embarrass him, but his story needs to be mentioned because it is very touching. And it speaks to this discussion. He told me for years, he was an individual who was given to a life of crime, Trouble, stay getting in trouble, stay yeah, I mean, getting locked up, going to jail, just doing a bunch of foolish stuff. Doing a bunch of foolish stuff. And he said that every time he would hit what he thought was rock bottom, being locked up, yeah, I mean, whatever, he would say to himself, I'm not going to do this no more, never again. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm reformed. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going back. He said, what happened? Then he'd get out, and he'd go right back. He said he would get out, and he'll go back. Get in the same trouble again. And he said he kept doing this for a number of years, a number of decades. And Allah guided him to Islam. And one of his brothers had a, had a good talk with him and good advice to him. Because he saw how he, how he was struggling. And I'm pretty sure this made, there are many of us who are struggling. Everyone's struggling with something different, but we're struggling with some things. Now, so let us take example, Yanni, uh, uh, from this brother's struggles and how he overcame them. He said that a brother said to him one time, he said, well, what, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? He said, I keep trying to change. I keep trying to get right. I keep trying to stop getting into trouble, but I keep getting in trouble. I keep doing bad stuff. I keep going back to it. I keep getting locked up. And I want you, you to listen, because whatever it is you're going through, don't think you're the first ones to go through it. Those ups and those downs, don't think you're the first one to go through them ups and those downs. Your little experimentation, don't think you're the first one to ever try to experiment with something. Now. Getting caught up in that street life, don't think you're the only you're the first one to get caught up in the street life. Caught up in the nonsense, don't think you're the only one that, 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 that get, get, got caught up in that nonsense. You're not the first to do it, you're not going to be the last to do it. Always have others have overcome it, you too can overcome it. Now, anyway, going back. So the brother, he said to him, he said, this is, he said, see, that's your problem. He said, you said that you've been trying to get over it, that you've been trying to rectify yourself, that you've been trying to do this and do that. He said, brother, you can't do it. 
You cannot do it by yourself. You can't do it. He said, what you need to do is ask Allah to guide you. He said, that's what you need to do. He said, you by yourself? No, you can't do it. Why? Because the brother understood. That there is no change in situations. There is, as they translate, no power and no might except with Allah. You are impoverished. You have nothing. You have no ability. If Allah doesn't give you tawfiq, you won't be able to accomplish anything. It's all by the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now you got to put forth the effort. Now you got to take the asbab and take the means. But understand that what? You're not going to accomplish or attain what you're looking to attain and accomplish except by the tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he told him as advice, he said, brother, when you get down in sujood, he said, then you beg Allah. You beg Allah sincerely from your heart. You beg Allah Azza wa Jal to change your situation, to change you, to change your life. And the brother, subhanAllah, may Allah Ta'ala reward him and bless him. He said, so he took the brother's advice. Now, he said, but, he said, I, he said but I, I'm going to be real with you. In the first rock, I, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot to beg Allah and Suju. He said, I, I said I'm going to be real with you. In the first rakah, he said, I forgot. He said, but in that second rakah, I started to remember by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I begged Allah. And I begged Allah. And I begged Allah. He said, I begged Allah from the bottom of my heart. I begged Allah to change me, to change my situation, to, to yani, so on and so forth. He said, and from that salah, he said, I never got in trouble again. Never got locked up again after that. That was it for me. Allah changed me. Now, so when we're speaking about the dhikr, we're speaking about the afkar, we're speaking about the supplication. Now, it is incumbent, it is important to supplicate unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need this. Whatever you're trying to accomplish, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever you want to, to, yani, to get over, then ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you have to, ask Allah to save you from yourself. Ask Allah to save you from the evil of yourself. Ask Allah to save you and prevent you from overcoming yourself with your evil. This is very important for those youth, for those youth out there that are stuck in the streets, for those who are stuck, who are stuck, one foot here, one foot there. Beg Allah to change you. Beg Allah to change your heart. Beg Allah to change your situation. Beg Allah to protect you from you. This is of tremendous importance, Ya Ibadullah. And never feel despair from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Never feel as if calling upon Allah is not going to help you. No, that is exactly what's going to help you. Is by remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There comes a hadith on Abi Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal. Abu Hurairah he narrates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, Muslim. He said, there is not upon the earth a single Muslim. Alhamdulillah, ala ni'mat al-Islami, was sunnah. 
All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. He said, there is not upon the earth a single Muslim, Allah, that calls upon Allah with any type of supplication, except that Allah gives him what he's asking for. Huh? Because see, sometimes we ask for stuff that's not good for us. <laughs> Allah knows better what's best for us. So either Allah will give you that which you're asking for, or He will remove from him from evil to the same degree. Now, either He will give you what you're asking for, or He will remove an evil of equal measure from you, or away from you. Now, so either way you win. Either way you win when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As long as, as long as, and, uh, yani, as long as they do not ask for sin, or to cut the family tie or the severance of family ties, as long as his dua does not include or entail sin, nor does it entail the cutting of family relations, and so on and so forth. Now, upon hearing this, one of the Sahaba, they said, and, and it comes in a narration for So one of the people from the poem they said, Even Nukfir, he said, So thus that we should make a lot of dua. We should make a lot of dua. For Nabi so the Prophet he said, Allahu Akbar. That Allah He has more. Now meaning what? Yes, make a lot of dua. Make a lot of dua. Because no matter how much you ask, Allah has more, eh? Ma'allah akbar. That with Allah is more. So ask and ask and ask and ask and ask and ask and ask. Allah has more. Allah has more. So ask in great abundance. So ask in great abundance. Naam? So we need to call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need to be steadfast in worshiping Allah, supplicating unto Allah, asking Allah, begging to Allah. Naam. When something grieves you, take it to Allah. Benefit yourself. Benefit yourself by remembering and learning the supplications from the sunnah. By learning the supplications from the sunnah. Naam. Because the supplications from the sunnah are the supplications that they are concise. And the Prophet Sallallahu he used to he used to he used to focus in on those supplications that were concise in their meaning. That their meaning it had a great benefit inside of the meaning, although the words may have been short in their in, in their expression, but the meaning was vast. Now, and this is what you find when it comes to the supplications that were taught by the Prophet. You have to stick to it. This is what's going to help you, help you, especially during these times. And what I mean by these times, I mean especially in these times of fitna, especially when there is a fitna, when there is a trials and tribulations going on, when there's turmoil, when there's a great abundance of, uh, of, uh, of turmoil going on in the world, then this is exactly the time that we have to turn to the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is exactly the time that we increase in our dua, we increase in supplication unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's how you want to be safe. Now listen, the ulama, they say that when there is a fitna, 
when there is a calamity, when there is a trial that is that 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 that, that is taking place amongst the people, now they say that from those who are successful, from those who they escape that calamity, then these are those who they concentrate on that which benefits them. They concentrate on that which benefits them. They said unlike those people who they plunge themselves inside of the fitna, they plunge themselves inside of the fitna, the needs of the people that you find, they get adversely affected by it. These are sometimes the people who they don't make it out of it. Now, you ever hear a person used to be strong upon sunnah, like this and like that, and then all of a sudden now, they, they don't even hardly practice Islam no more? We've all heard of situations like this. We've all known of individuals like this, and what you find that, 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 yani, that what a lot of these people have in common was what? Was that they was individuals who did not concentrate on that which would benefit them, but they was concentrating on all these other stuff. Concentrating on everybody else what's going on with them. Concentrating on all these other issues and problems what's going on with this one and that one and so on and so forth. And not worried about themselves. So what happened is that what? They went from being a person who was seemingly so strong upon deen to a person now, subhanAllah, don't even practice no more like that. So the way to escape, from the way to escape from the fitna is by concerning yourself with that which benefits you. Right? Now listen. Because I don't want anyone to just listen to this and this is, you know, just the theoretical, you know, so on and so forth. You don't see the connection with your day-to-day -day life, so on and so forth. Nah, I don't want no one to look at it like that. But I want you to look at it and then relate it to your own situation. Relate it to your day-to-day. -day. Now, we know that there are different akkar that are said in the morning time and different akkar that are said in the evening time. Different supplications that are said in the morning and that are said in the evening. And we know that from the benefit of yani, some of these supplications is that it's a protection from what? From the shaitan. That is, it's a protection from the shaitan. Right? And we need to be protected from shaitan. Because he is our enemy. He doesn't want for us good. So we need to be protected from the shaitan. Correct? So, learning about and knowing what are these supplications, does that benefit you on an individual level? Yes. Is that from those things that perhaps you should concern yourself with? Yes. So much so what the ulama they mentioned that if something bad happens to you in your day and you didn't say these adhkar, don't blame anyone, save yourself. Blame yourself. It's your fault. It's your fault. You're the one that rushed into battle without your armor. You rushed into battle without your weaponry. So if the enemy got the best of you, it's your fault. Why? Because you didn't say the afkar. You didn't say those supplications by way in which you would have been safeguarded from the shaitan during that day or during that evening. So the bad thing happened, who fault is it? It's your fault. It's your fault.
right? So do these things benefit us? Of course they benefit us. No, no doubt they benefit us. But now let me ask you this. All the fitna going on. All the fitna going on. And you have individuals who they tell you about this one and that one. That this one just said that. And that one just said this. And the other one responded by saying that. And this one answered by saying this. And is this one in this country. That one in that country. So on and so forth. And when you sit with them, that's all they talking about. But the same individual, if you ask them, Hey, Ahi, do you know... All of the akar of the uh, 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 of the morning and of the evening, they don't know. Do you know all of the akar of the morning time and of the evening time? Those akar that bring to you great benefit, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to go over some of them. But that bring to you great benefit, they don't know. They don't know. So how are you helping yourself? How are you helping yourself? You think this benefiting you? huh? And then now, what about those ignoramuses that actually plunge themselves into the fitna and then they hurt themselves by speaking ill of the virtuous ones. They plunge themselves into the fitna, not saying anything good in their favor, but they're going to have the audacity, going to be foolish enough to speak ill of the ulama. To speak bad of the ulama, to verbally abuse the ulama, to speak about the ulama with disdain and disrespect. The flesh of the ulama is poison. Huh? Do we forget that all or something? The flesh of the ulama is poison. And the ulama ain't who you decide the ulama are. You mad at a particular shaykh now, he's not from the ulama no more because you and your feelings? No, it's not how it works. The shaykh is still on his level, still had his virtue. You still just as ignorant as you was the day before. The flesh of the early man's poison. But these people, they what? They destroy themselves. At the same time, they don't do things to benefit themselves. What a foolish bunch of people is this? Foolish. And anybody who's foolish enough to entrust these individuals to teach you your religion, then I don't know what else to say that except you deserve what you get. The Prophet he said that worship in times of turmoil and calamity and bloodshed, he said, is like making hijrah to me. It's like making hijrah to me. To worship. Naam. Wuma hi al-ibadah. What is ibadah? Al-ibadah hiya ismun jami'un. Li kulli ma yuhibbuhu Allah wa yarudhah. Min al-aqwal wal-a'mal al-baqina wal-zahira. It is a concisive word and expression that points to and includes everything that Allah loves and He is pleased with from statements and from actions, those that are internal and those that are external. Now, this is how Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah, he mentioned it in Majmur al-Fatawa. Now, the hijrah is tremendous. Let us understand the virtue. That worship of Allah in times of turmoil is like making hijrah unto the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That hijrah, we know there comes a hadith, rawahu muslim, 
that is also collected by Muslim where <coughs> the Prophet Sallallahu he said أَمَا أَعْنِمْتَ أَنَّ الْإِسْلَامِ يَهْدِيمُ مَا كَانَ قَبْلَ He said, and don't you know that Islam destroys what came before it? Meaning those sins that came before it, destroys it, it's gone. نعم. وَأَنَّ الْهِجْرَةِ تَهْدِيمُ مَا كَانَ قَبْلَهَا And that verily the hijrah, the migration, the hijrah, that it destroys that which came before it, huh? from sin, it destroys it. So now let us reflect. The Prophet ﷺ, he said that ibadah in times of turmoil is like making hijrah to him. So we see the, the, the great status and virtue of hijrah and the great effect of hijrah. This is a, when, when you have turmoil and things of this nature going on, this is the time that you want to get sins off of you. It's not the time that you want to get new sins on you, but you want to get sins off of you. From the way you do that is what is from is from is from worship, it's from ibadah. So a person he may come in and say, Well, okay, what's the connection now? I mean, we get it that you know, dua ma'am, but what's the connection now with this and what you're talking about? Because the Prophet did he not say in the dua who will ibadah that verily dua supplication it is in fact and indeed worship. <laughs> it is in fact and indeed worship. And it's a worship that is easy. It is a worship that a person is easy upon his tongue to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when it's times of turmoil, then it is a must that we supplicate abundantly unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just as Allah ta'ala commanded the believers that when you meet the enemy, remember Allah much in order to be successful. When times of turmoil come, then we have to remember Allah much. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as it comes to hadith <coughs> on the authority of Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu There comes a hadith of Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يتقارب الزمان ويقبض العلم وتظهر الفتن ويلقى الشح ويلقى الشح ويكثر الحرج قالوا وما الحرج فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم القتل it comes a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ, he said that when the time would draw near, meaning to the establishment of the hour, meaning when it gets close to the end of the world. In other words, when it gets close to the end of the world, knowledge will be snatched away. Knowledge will be snatched away. Knowledge will be taken away, will be snatched away. Now. And I want you to reflect on this hadith and to look at the time that we end. So understand that this is a time of, 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 of calamity. This is a time where we need that escape. We need that way out. And that way out is by what is by ibadah. It's by worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And from that is by supplicating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that we can be successful and make our way through it successfully. I mean, if all of this doesn't yani, make it known to you, the superiority of dhikr, then I don't know what's going to make it known to you. Anyway, the knowledge will be taken. Look at the time we live in it. Naam. Alhamdulillah. We still have many of the ulama, many of the kibar ulama still living on the earth. Naam, it's not just two. No, no it's more than two. Walalham. Despite what you heard, it's more than two. But there are many. From the ulama, still upon the earth. Walalham. However, can we say that we live in a time where the knowledge is being snatched? Yes, we can say this. We live in a time where knowledge is being snatched. We live in a time where even when we still have the people of knowledge, people are turning their attention to the ignoramuses. The people who are the, the, the small students. Naam. Makes no sense. Really, it really doesn't. But anyway. And there's a lot of turmoil. Do we live in a time where there's a lot of turmoil? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. There's a lot of turmoil. Every few years, another turmoil. Naam. And that's globally. When we come down more specifically inside of our communities, turmoil. Now, when we look at yani, the people who are adherent to the, to the sunnah, then we find amongst them calamity, turmoil. Now, we don't find, we don't find amongst them turmoil. Somebody want to say that? There's no turmoil. There's no problems. This is the golden era. Huh? With all this ikhtilaf, it's a golden era. No way. What did Abdullah bin Messi earlier? What did he say? Ikhtilaf is Differing is evil. So we have turmoil. We have turmoil. These are a time where there's turmoil is widespread. It'll be rampant. Turmoil. We don't have turmoil in this time. Look at how many Muslim children are going astray, caught up in the games. Caught up in the streets, killing each other. People born to Muslim mothers and fathers may have had Islam in their family for hundreds of years, thousands of years sometimes. And they doing this. Or it could be from a situation where the mother and the father fought hard to leave that life of Jahiliyyah behind, accepted Islam. Then their children are being raised. They've been raising children like Muslims. But because of the children's evil within themselves, in their ingratitude, they want to run to the, the Kafir lifestyle. That's not fitna. That's not trial and tribulations. Divorce rate high. That's not trial and tribulations. Families broken. That's not trial and tribulations. Sister in the community been been married six times. Six different men. That's not fitna. وَيُلْقَ And there will be miserliness put inside of the people. Miserliness put inside of the people. SubhanAllah. Do we live in a time where people are miserly? Yes. I mean, no doubt. وَيَكْتُرُ الْحَرْجِ 
and there will be a lot of haruj. And they asked, so Messenger of Allah, what is haruj? The Prophet ﷺ said, cotton, bloodshed, killing, murder, a lot of murder. Do we live in a time where there's a lot of murder? Yes, yes indeed. Yes indeed, a lot of murder. Senseless murder. Now, we live in a time of fitna. We live in a time of trials and tribulations. So what is the way in, that, 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 that the individual he maneuvers in these times is by what? Is by worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We live in countries that's nothing but fitna. Trials and tribulations from every direction. It's an onslaught. An onslaught. We need ibadah. We need dua. We need the dua. The Prophet Sallallahu because look, on the Day of Judgment when we come, right? Us and our deeds in the light going to be weighed. Going to be weighed. Those who their scale of good is heavy, they go to the Jannah. Those who their scale of good is, is light, you know, it's not good. They're going to be in trouble, right? So we should be concerned with putting some things forward so that our scales are heavy. Let's look at some of this. There comes a hadith on Abi Hurairah, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, qal, qal Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, kalimatan, khafifatan, ala lisan. That there are two statements that are light upon the tongue. Thaqilatan, fil mizan. But they are heavy inside of these scales. Habibatan, ila rahman They are beloved to the most merciful. What are they? Subhanallah, wa bihamdih, Subhanallah al-Azim. Naam. These two statements. Naam. Hadith mutafiqun alayh. How long did it take to say Subhanallah wa bihamdim? How long did it take? Not long. Subhanallah al-Azim. How long did that take? Not long. But these two statements, they are heavy inside the scale. There comes a hadith. Where... The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in his hadith on Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من قال سبحان الله العظيم وبحمده غرست له نخلة في الجنة that whoever says سبحان الله العظيم وبحمده then he will have a palm tree planted for him in Jannah نعم a palm tree planted for him in Jannah Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Ma'am? Some of the Salaf, they, they used to ask, as one of the Salaf used to ask his son, in the past hour, how many palm trees have you missed out on? In the past hour, how many palm trees have you missed out on? Then we get to sit and ask ourselves that same question. In the past week, how many palm trees you missed out on? Huh? In the past year, how many palm trees you missed out on? SubhanAllah. That's tremendous, tremendous benefit. وعن أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه أن الرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لأن أقول سبحان الله وحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر أحب إلي مما طلعت عليه الشمس حديث صحيح رواه مسلم where the Prophet Sallallahu he said that, that I say, Subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. That I say this, 
these four statements, he says, except that it is more beloved to me than that which the sun rises on. It's more beloved to me than that which the sun rises on. And I'm mentioning these because you know what, these are adhkar that are very easy, that uh, everyone knows already, inshallah ta'ala, na'am. And if they don't, it's very easy to learn them, na'am. But great, re great reward and tremendous benefit that comes along with them. Great reward and tremendous benefit that comes along with them. By saying subhanallah wa bihamdih, na'am, this is one of the kalimas that are very heavy in the scale. At the same time, saying subhanallah as from those statements of the Prophet Sallallahu he said is more beloved to him than what the sunrise is on. At the same time, the Prophet Sallallahu he told us as it comes in narrations that whoever says subhanallah wa bihamdih, then he will have a palm tree planted for him in Jannah. Allah, Allahu Akbar. Na'am? So look, you can't lose. You can't lose. You can't lose if you keep your tongue moist with the remembrance of Allah. You can't lose. You can't lose. وَقَالَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مِنْ حَدِيدِ أَبِي هُرَيْرَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَلَى عَنْهُ قَالَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ لَهُ الْمُلْكُ وَلَهُ الْحَمْدُ Mi <coughs> من بأفضل مما جاء به إلا رجل عمل أكثر منه. نعم. It says that whoever says whoever says لا إله إلا الله that none have the right to be worshipped in truth save Allah. And says la ilaha illallah that none has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah alone without any partners to him belong the dominion and to him belong the praise and he is over all things most capable whoever says this in a day 100 times then he will have or it will be yani he will have the reward like he emancipated 10 slaves and it will be written for him a hundred good deeds and it will be erased from his account a hundred evil deeds and he will be protected from the shaitan during that day of his until nighttime falls upon him 
and there will be no one that will come with better than what he had on the day of judgment except for one who has done more than him. Naam. Except for one who has done more than him. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. And then the Prophet Sallallahu said, وَمَنْ قَالَ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ وَبِحَمْدِهِ See again, SubhanAllah wa bihamdihi. Whoever says, SubhanAllah wa bihamdihi فِي يَوْمٍ مِئَةَ مَرَّةٍ A hundred times, حُطَّتْ خَطَايَاهُ وَإِنْ كَانَتْ مِثْلَ زَبَدِ الْبَحْرِ Then his sins will be removed, even if they were as plentiful as the as the scum of the sea or the foam on the sea. Hadithun mutafiqun alayhi. Hadith that's been agreed upon by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Naam. So this is what? Something that is tremendous. Bila shakku bila raib. This is something that it is tremendous. Something that is tremendous indeed. So who from amongst us accept that we need this? And these are from the adhkar of the day and the evening. Now, these are from those supplications that we should be very diligent upon them Bithnilahi ta'ala If we truly want to be successful If we truly want to be successful These are from the from the ad'iyah that we need to be upon Bithnilahi ta'ala So therefore, my advice to myself And to all who my voice it comes upon there is is to increase increase in begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase in asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, to increase in asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness to increase in asking Allah Jalla wa'ala to bless us and to save us from the evils of ourselves and to be diligent in calling upon Allah during those times when the dua will be answered ta'ala. As the Prophet he said, and from those times, the Prophet he said, Da'wa la turad bayna al-adhan wal iqamah that the supplication that is made between the adhan and between the iqama, then it is not turned away or it is it is uh, it's not yani, it doesn't go unanswered Naam, that it will be answered that supplication that is made between the adhan and between the iqama. so increase in asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during these times also, the Prophet Sallallahu said, أَقْرَبُ مَا يَكُونُ الْعَبْدُ مِنْ رَبِّهِ وَهُوَ سَاجِدٌ فَأَكْثِرُ الدُّعَاءِ Hadith Rawahu Abu Dawood where the Prophet Sallallahu said that the slave is closest to his Lord when he is prostrating. So therefore, increase in supplication. Meaning, while you're prostrating, increase and supplicating unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because this is from those times where 
you have a greater chance of your supplication being answered. Naam. But you have a greater chance of your supplication being answered. وعن أبي هريرة and on the authority of Abu Hurairah رضي الله تعالى عنه he said ثلاث دعوات لا ترد that there are three supplications or يعني, uh, in three situations or that, that, that the supplication is not refused نعم three times that the dua will be answered or three supplications that will be answered and that is da'watun walid aw walida ma'am and that is the supplication of the father or of the mother the supplication for the father or the mother will be answered ma'am inshallah ta'ala when they make dua for what for their children so those who are having problems with their children ma'am then from the greatest means of rectifying those problems is by making dua for them and be very careful, be very careful because people get mad and they get angry and then they start making dua against their children. Be careful, don't do this, ma'am. Because you may say something in anger as a dua against your child and that dua gets answered and then you see the effects of your supplication upon your child's misbehavior. Naam. So be very mindful to make dua for your children, for their rectification and for their good. Also, the supplication of the one who was fasting. Naam. The supplication of the one who was fasting. So remember when you're fasting to increase in dua. Well, also, المسافر, and the supplication of the one who was traveling. The supplication of the one who was traveling is answered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So increase in making dua. Increase in making dua when you are traveling and making dua when you are fasting, so on and so forth. Begging Allah for those things that you need. Asking Allah for those things that you want. Seeking refuge in Allah for those things that you are scared of and want to run away from and that you want never to touch you. Increase in supplicating unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because this is from those things that will enrich your life. This is from those things that are from the means of the attainment of success and of prosperity. This is some of what I wanted to mention unto you. Again, we apologize for the technical difficulties uh, but with that naktafi bihadha al-qadr wa sallam ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa jazakumullahu khayrat